0: Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today I have Kate Kretzinger on the show, and this is going to be a fun one. She's a great nutritional coach certified, but also has recently dove into the carnivore world, the dark side, as I also did an N equals one experiment as well on that. Um, But we're going to talk about her journey with health issues and getting over the hump. And she's just a super badass athlete as well. So you got to follow her on Instagram and see the kind of workouts she's pulling through. Damn, Kate, you are really, (laughs) really working. You're really killing it over there. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks,
2: Al. Thank you. Doing well. Thank you for having me. This will be fun. I'm excited to talk about this.
1: Yeah. So tell us how you got it, because you struggled with some health issues. So tell us you know, yeah. your journey to even m- remotely where you are right now. Okay.
2: Well, I'll give you the short version, because I could probably talk over an hour on just that. Um, I believe that it all stemmed back to when I was a-, a child, and I was always sick. So I was on antibiotics a lot. Um, so I think that was the start of it all. Uh, but didn't obviously we didn't know enough back then uh, about that, and neither did our parents. So my mom always just kind of that was the first thing. Here's here's some antibiotics. Take this. So having said that, um, I had a major car accident um, shortly after I had my son. So I had two kids very young. I was 14 with my daughter, 18 with my son, and right after I had him, I got in a severe car accident broke my pelvis on both sides. And the doctors told me I was never going to be able to run again. Um, since that mm. accident, they I had pain every day, um, anywhere between five and 10, and 10 being the worst. It never went below five. And so I would go in and they'd say, nothing's wrong with you, basically. Um, Here's some more pain medications, send me on my way. Um, and at first I. I I've never been about taking medications in my younger days and um, just because I was always on them as a child. So I resorted to taking ibuprofen, not that that's any better. (laughs) Little did I know. Um, So it was like 800 milligrams almost every day is what I was taking and um, because I lived with some sort of pain. Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it was more than 800 milligrams a day. And um, anytime I went for a hike or... A run or anything like that, I couldn't move for days, and so um, then shortly after that, I started waking up with bloody noses with pools of blood, and I would go and get MRIs. They said basically it's all in your head. Take this, you know, they're always throwing medications. You're at like, me.
1: yeah, it is, and it's coming out of my head. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <What>? exactly. <laughs> oh my god, nightmare. Yeah. So that's got to be frightening. It was frightening,
2: and I totally lost all faith in the medical community because they were telling me basically nothing was wrong with me. But yet, here I am waking up with pools of blood and pain. I was in pain every day. Um, So I dealt with that for 19 years. Um, In the midst of that, I... I went to school for, um, well, I was a single mom. I went to school full-time and I worked full-time and had the kids full-time. So I had three full-time jobs. So that was like on the back burner, my health, you know? So basically I still kind of, plunged forward and my only stress reliever was running or biking. So I still did that. Um, and my kids will even tell you to this day, they're 28 and 26 and well, 29 now and 26. And they, t- they remember me crawling to the kitchen, getting them ready for school in the morning. Cause I was in so much pain. Huh. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite the, the journey, um, until I met someone, um, who is now my significant other, and we—I call him my husband. We're not married, but he's a chiropractor, and he's like, "That's not normal." That was
1: convenient, right? <laughs> that worked out really well. It for worked everybody. out really I'm well. assuming that's where that's gonna go. <laughs>
2: yep. And he just said, "He's like, you know, that's not normal." And I said, "Well, I've lived this way for 19 years. Of course, it's normal. It's normal for me." And. It took him some time to get me on his table to adjust me because I don't like the sound of cracking. And um, so he's like, oh, there's many different ways to adjust. And he'll still tell you to this day. This was seven years ago. He'll still tell you to this day I'm the worst patient ever. (laughs) So um, but it was it was interesting because this is where the whole health really started. He um, he started finally getting me to get adjusted. And at this time, Al, I was eating healthier than the most standard American diet. I would have occasional rice here and there because um, I loved sushi, and um, but I was mostly vegetarian. Um, I, I guess yeah, I was vegetarian because I'd have it a couple times a year. Um, I would have chicken here and there, um, so yeah, it was it was pretty standard. And so,
1: were you doing like beans, legumes um, as yes. well? Okay, Yes, I was, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming potatoes yep. and things like that, right? Like yeah, vegetarian. What yep. about grains? Other grains like wheat and things like that.
2: Um, I wasn't ever really a big. I'd have bread occasionally when we'd go out, but I wasn't really a big bread fan.
1: Um, what was your go-to when you were in that eating phase of being a vegetarian? Like, what would be like your like? Oh yeah, I'm gonna go to town tonight on this special meal. <laughs> like, yeah. what would that be? It was mostly
2: sweet potatoes and beans and putting like salsa on
1: top of that. (laughs) Oh, wow. Hey, everyone just learned a new
2: (laughs) combo. Okay. And, and you put avocado on top of it. It was so good. (laughs) Okay. That's what I love to eat. Um, so, you know, I thought that I was eating pretty healthy at that point. And, um, very rarely did fast food or anything like that. We, you know, I came from a family that didn't have a whole lot of money. So it wasn't in our you know, rituals to go out and do that anyway. So it's not like I, was miss, I felt like I was missing out on anything. So I didn't do that as often. Um, so so I do that. And then when I started getting adjusted, um, it took about a month. And then the next thing I know, I had no pain whatsoever. I woke up one morning with no pain. And it got worse before it got better when he was adjusting
1: me. Um, what was that morning? Like, I mean, <laughs> it was actually did scary. You, <laughs> I mean, cause I you, you clearly, at what point in the morning did you go,
2: wait a minute? It was when I got out of bed. Cause normally my legs were numb when I'd wake up because when I'd oh. sleep on my side, um, it would, cause what happened when I got in a car accident, both of my, um, acetabulum, the, the actual ball and joint it, it, the way the lady hit me, my, Legs, it, they popped out, and when they popped out, it broke right on the foramen, right on the, right where all of our nerves go through in our pelvis, and um, so I had I, she when that happened, she had fractured it there in multiple places, and so I was laid up for quite some time because of that. Um, so you know, she when when that happened, she also t- when I, I not she, but I, I also got like torn labrum. So I have loose joints in there around the hips. And so any t- kind of movement, especially like laying on the side, was was very painful laying on the side. And so when I'd wake up in the morning, my legs would be numb. Um, I sometimes would stand up and not even know that my legs were even there. I couldn't even feel them. I knew they were there when I looked at them, but I couldn't even feel them. So that morning, I woke up and there was no pain. I mean, like I could, I could tell they were there. <laughs> I felt them. I stood up and I was like, huh. This is interesting. Um, I think it was a couple days before I told him that I didn't have any pain because I, I was waiting for it to come back. I lived with it for 19 years every day. Um, so that feeling, I was, I was actually kind of terrified. I was like, what, "What's wrong? What's going on? Something's wrong," <laughs> you know? Um, yeah,
1: it's not the normal, and then you're thinking, "Uh oh," and then you don't want to get too excited, right? Yeah. You know, as well. Yeah,
2: and, and the bloody noses stopped. Um, that stopped way sooner than the the pain. Um, so the bloody noses stopped. I was still getting migraines, but not as often. Like I would, I was one of those functional migraine people that you hear about. Like I, I had no choice. I had to, you know, put a roof over my kids and feed them. And um, so I would still function with migraines, which is not easy. If anyone's ever had a migraine, um, it's it's very debilitating. Uh, You get very nauseous. You don't have very good vision. You get that tunnel vision. Um, So it was something that I I learned how to cope with basically.
1: So now you have this whole brand new day. And obviously now if you were to go on your Instagram and be like, wow, you'd never know that Mm. she had any issues whatsoever with your incredible flexibility and mobility and athletic performance, it's... um Amazing! It's, it's it is it's astounding. Um, it's it such a it's beyond a one eighty. What's what? It's like it's mm. it's pretty miraculous, Kate. Yeah, it is. Um So okay. So I mean, oh. now you're doing vegetarian stuff. What yep. was it? You know, it's interesting because like a lot of chiropractors are kind of in the paleo world. Sounds like you were vegetarian ish paleo-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's even a thing. Yes. And then what made you move more towards like, all right, I'm really going to change the dynamic up and kind of go more towards you know, eating meat because you were not <laughs> doing that regularly. So you yeah. had to make some switch into like some other animals. You weren't, you know, you weren't thinking yeah. about those. For a while. <laughs> well, because because of, of that pain went away, it opened up to a
2: lot of other things. And i noticed that I was a really sensitive to a lot of things that I was eating. And thankfully, um, my significant other was a, a CrossFitter. So he was into all that stuff too. Um, so he, he was saying, you know, um, it got to the point where no matter what I ate, I had a reaction to. Because he was like, "Okay, let's start looking at your." Because you know, chiropractors they look at the whole picture, not just one thing. And so he's the one that really opened up my mind to maybe it's still, even though you're eating clean, maybe it is your nutrition. It maybe there's just something that you're having that you're sensitive to. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's silly!" Because I'm eating all healthy stuff. <laughs> so we started. We took out wine, you know. Like so, we started like doing that first, and then. Um, Let's see, it was last year, I heard uh, Jordan Peterson and um, Michaela Peterson talking about this carnivore thing. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't eat meat because of texture. It wasn't an ethical reason. It was just texture. And so I was like, you know, I know I need it because I am a nutrition coach. I know protein is our building blocks. I just need to now get over you know, stop being a Sally, pull up your pants and, and just eat it. <laughs> and I'm all about teaching my clients to eat for fuel. I mean, this isn't going to be any different. I was like, you can do it. If they can do it, you can. And so January, I started researching the carnivore fully because I had a handful of clients that I, I knew there was more for them. They were not becoming 100%. And I knew these guys were telling me the truth, that they were very compliant. I could tell And I was like, they just need something else. I'm missing something. And the center that I work in, I have two naturopathic doctors there. We did a lot of blood work with a lot of them. Um, And of course, some of them we already knew, like they had Crohn's and some had seizures and um, diverticulitis and things like that. They had a lot of autoimmune stuff. And so the more I started researching, the better this carnivore started looking and I never have my clients do anything. And I don't like using absolutes, but I'm using an absolute there. I never have them do anything I haven't done. And I did it to these five people. I had them go on carnivore and I hadn't even done it yet.
1: <laughs> so a I was cruel like... A experiment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so
2: the cool thing about it though, is that all five of them are doing it differently. They're not all the same. There's different approaches, which we can talk about a little bit more. But... Um, I, it what's interesting is they all have had success on it. And I said, okay, well, you know what? There's a missing piece for me too, because even though... I was doing a lot of vegetarian. And I think when we talked at the begin, towards the beginning of the year, I told you too, I added more protein. I started feeling better. And you were like, that's no surprise. <laughs> and so I kind of gradually worked my way into it. I started adding in eggs. I still have a reaction to eggs. So I can't eat them that often. I found if I have them maybe once or twice a week, I'm okay. But if I have them anything more than that, I'm not okay. Um. So I just try and stay away from eggs period right now. But I think that, um, you know, I was having fish occasionally. I'm, I'm so psycho when it comes to that, like the toxins that are in even wild caught fish that I don't have it very often. Um, and then obviously I started adding in burger. That was one of the things I could tolerate with the texture between my teeth. So I started having more burger and then, um, I decided, all right, I'm going to do it for two months because <laughs> I started feeling better. I was like, I'm just going to dive in full force. And so I did. And, and in the meantime, I put my daughter on it too, because she got diagnosed at the age of, of uh, 29 with diverticulitis. Um, so we put her on it as well. And she has always struggled with anxiety and depression since she was a teenager and losing weight. And she was just now just like totally losing her, she started losing weight. She said that she no longer has that, um, anxiety or the depression, which is awesome. Um, you know, so I think that having seen all these things with these, these people, the, just the different, um, dynamics that they were doing and they were still seeing results, I was like, okay, I have to do it now. And so I committed to doing it for two months. And the reason for that is because of, even though they're all doing different carnivore styles, they were still um, seeing huge benefits from it. And the biggest one was my daughter because I had her do it. She was diagnosed with diverticulitis. So, um, you know, she had dealt with depression and anxiety all her Teenage life and into her adult life, and so when she said that that was all pretty much gone, um, I was like, okay, you know, there's something missing for me. Although I wasn't ex- ex- having that, I had other things. Like my gums were still bleeding when I would floss or or brush them, and it wasn't just like slightly bleeding; it was like really bleeding hard, mm. and um, and I would lose a lot of hair. And although. You know, I've had my thyroid looked at. I know that's part of it. I've had all that looked at and it was fine. So there was still some kind of underlying issue of inflammation in my body. And it was kind of shocking because I didn't even eat tomatoes. I didn't eat carrots or sweet potatoes. I took all that stuff out um, when I went keto, the vegan keto. (laughs) Um, So I took all that stuff out too. So I was extremely low carb. So I was kind of like, okay, there is something missing for me too. And so I dove in and, um, and it was kind of interesting because even like the, the research that I found, you know, the way that they were talking, it made sense to me. And a lot of the research about, um, you know, b- basically in particular with Dr. Saladino and listening to him and his rationale from it and coming from a scientific View And then I loved Dr. Sean Baker because he was coming from a performance view. And, and I, I'm also all about performance too, because I work with athletes and I'm one myself, you know. So I was interested in both aspects of that. So I said, oh, anybody can do anything for two months. <laughs> I can suck it up and, you know, deal with the texture for two months. Um, but seven days in, I noticed that with my gums, which was amazing. Um, and then just a couple days ago, I noticed my hair is no longer falling. I don't have to clean up the the drain in the shower anymore when I'm done, which is kind of interesting. Um, so, you know, there's still some kind of underlying there. And and I think that, you know, this isn't for everybody. And I want to just say that out, out front. I don't have all my clients do it. I just do the ones that I know that have some kind of autoimmunity thing going on and it's and they've tried everything else that i've put them on and i all, i do all primal styles so I'm not just paleo and you know i do keto as well um so i i start with paleo and we work up to keto and and now i have carnivore to offer them which i think is great cuz there are a handful of people that i know that are doing it 100% the correct way and they're not getting full on results that they should be getting
1: right and you know On that note, so I have a client who has been doing it for a year and it's the only thing in the, and the couple of times she reintroduced plant or fruit matter. It was just like, it was a night and day situation where she was like, okay, you know what, I, I, this is my life now Um, Mm -hmm. because for her, that's. It's it's easier, and she's like, "Well, thank God I like meat." Um, but yeah. when we talk about doing it right, we talk about I'd say eyes to tail as well, fish if you can, mm-hmm. and um, nose to tail, which means you really have to get organ meat. So, mm-hmm. a shout out to Ancestral Supplements who does provide like encapsulated bone marrow and stuff. But there's yes. and, and liver, but there is nothing like getting the real thing. Um, I. You know, when this will air, you'll probably be many months into it. And I'm only actually like a few days into it as we're talking, mm-hmm. um, but have been preparing for a while, you know, and yes. uh, not an expert by any means, but like talked with you, talked with some other people to get it. You know, this is not something that anyone should try right away. Like, if I, mm. like we always suggest with keto, get, get a fat adapted first, unless you have a metabolic. Yes disorder or a traumatic pain injury, epilepsy, something where you need to go directly to keto mm-hmm. right away, it's painful, people. you do, Don't do it. Don't do it. Even though you hear like, oh, fat loss is amazing on you know carnivore or whatever, it's going to be painful. You're not going to do it the right way. I suggest easing into it, but definitely getting fat adapted first, starting with the paleo primal paradigm, low carb, high fat, moderate protein, mm-hmm. and then moving maybe into keto and experimenting with that Maybe simplicity, maybe you have to do AIP along with it, but but mm-hmm. starting there, right? And yeah. then if you have to, you go to this deeper level. But at least when you go to the deeper level, you are prepared and have already cleaned out so much. So yeah. not to say that someone wouldn't have a painful, I, but look, it's just painful going from a sugar burner to yes. directly cutting it out of your life too sometimes. And so mm-hmm. for those that are listening, even though it's a popular uh, thing that people are finding is helping their autoimmune disorders, be smart about it. Um, right. Let's, and let's talk about that. So uh, aside from eating like liver and, you know, some organ meat and bone marrow, and by the way, t- such a delicacy, you dropped that on me yeah. with the, uh, <laughs> putting bone marrow on top of a ribeye. Isn't that oh, great? Shit. I, it's like the best butter. I was like, why am I doing de provence butter? It's butter. Like just throw some yeah. bone marrow right on there. It was the most delicious situation ever. Um, Amazing. But, but tell us, you know, I mean, there's some electrolyte enhancement. Mm-hmm. There are a few tricks here and there. And so tell us. Yeah you know, you, you could try steak and eggs for a month, you know, if you, if you want to mm-hmm. just try it, but at the end of the day, you, you got to go for Yeah.
2: And, and just to go back real quick before I answer that question, um, even it, when you become, um, you know, like fat adapted and what have you, when I was coming from the keto and I'd had very low carbs, it was all above ground stuff that I was eating. As far as vegetables go, I still had Some withdrawals and the keto flu, going full on carnivore. So, granted, you know, even as little amount of carbs I was having, I still had it. So, yes, I I just wanted to reiterate that what you said. I totally believe that you definitely have to ease into it. Don't jump in full force unless you absolutely have to. Like, like you said, like Crohn's or, you know, um, seizures and things like that. So. I wanted to back that up and totally hone in on that because people think, Oh my gosh, I'm already keto. I'm going to jump in. Well, it's not that easy either. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, definitely, um, when it comes to, to eating this way, you know, it's just like keto. We have to make sure that we also have our minerals when we do it because our sodium potassium pumps not working like it used to be with the carbohydrates. It's called hydrates for a reason. And we always had water attached to that. We don't have that going anymore. And so, cause we're not having carbs. So one of the things that I've noticed there is a fat hunger, and then there's a mineral hunger mm-hmm. and they're two totally different things. And it's funny because a fat hunger, it comes across more of uh, low energy, whereas your minerals come across as Hungry, but your belly's not grumbling—kind of thing. And I don't know if that—if I'm explaining that, like if you understand that. But I have noticed. Yeah, um, you're, you're
1: looking for something, but you don't. Yeah, really but you're not really hungry.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and and I I work with a lot of people on emotional eating too, so I'm really aware of that. And and I knew it was not an emotional thing that I was looking for at that point. And so I came across um, the element, the drink element, tea, and. They have a raw, unflavored version because the other stuff has stevia in it. And so, um, and shout out to Rob Wolf because it's his product. But I I found that and I found that that has helped that feeling that I get in between meals. Um, And some days I need it more than others because, you know, if you're an athlete, you probably don't need it as much as I. I mean, if you're not an athlete, excuse me, you don't probably need to take it as often as I do, but but your
1: workouts are pretty, I mean, it's something where at that level of athleticism, you know, again, you're going above and beyond. So you need more,
2: you definitely need more of that aspect. And, um, and I do a lot of, you know, like Maffetone stuff too. So it's not like I'm always full out, uh, but I still, I'm always moving. And so it's always, you know, important to make sure you're replacing those electrolytes. And so I, you know, before I found LMNT, I was doing, uh, I still had avocados. I was still at least carrying that over and I always had pink Himalayan salt with it. And I would squeeze a little bit of lemon or a lime on it. And there's your, your sodium, potassium, and magnesium. And Mm -hmm. I found that I needed a little bit more than that because I was still getting some leg cramping. Um, so I think there's like different levels in that aspect. Some people don't realize how much salt we really do need. And it does, it is an individualized thing, but I always say at least five grams and that's just a teaspoon. So I always tell people at least start there. And, you know, that is a good Indicator or usually it'll weed it out. If you need more or not, you'll still get some cramping. Um, but if your sodium's low, your magnesium's not working properly, and neither is your potassium. So you've got to make sure the sodium is on point. That's the most important one,
1: right? And, um, and, and a shout out to Rob's product, but it has all three.
2: Yes, Magnesium, it does. Potassium and yeah. sodium.
1: So just to break that down as to why yeah. that's the addition, yeah,
2: yeah, and and it's great because now I don't have to have three different supplements I have to take. You know. Um, just put it all in one. (laughs) So, um, it's
1: salty. Yeah. Listen, I mean, it's really like, especially after, first of all, like you really got to put it in 16 ounces of water. It's Mm because it's one of those things where you think like, Oh, I'll just put it in a cup. And then you're like, all right, that's brutal. So, uh, it's definitely (laughs) gotta be in 16 ounces and you know, it's meant to be a sipper, but it's great after like a insane sweaty workout or Mm -hmm. anything just kind of in general, uh, feeling depleted in that way and needing that. It just feels, Yeah. It's interesting, but it's definitely super salty. Yeah, it is. And I put it in my
2: big mason jar. I put it in that and it still feels salty to me. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I I love about it is it doesn't break your fast. So for anyone who's doing fasting, it doesn't break your fasting. Um, So it's a great a great thing to have instead of that black coffee that most people are having, which if you have some kind of an autoimmune, you should get rid of the coffee. And I think I'm saying- Because it's a bean, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm saying it to myself because I took it out. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I have to declare this publicly on a damn
1: podcast because I need to like hold myself (laughs) Right? That is so true.
2: So I think, you know, um, if we can get rid of that coffee, this is a great replacement for that. And, and I now I don't have my coffee in the morning. I have it at three in the afternoon as a treat if I want to have it. And I don't have it as often. Um, so this has been a great replacement for that because it does give you the energy that you need. Um, and it does give you that fuel that, you know, or that, I don't know if it, It's the fuel that your body's feeling hungry for. So it kind of just eliminates that feeling, that uncomfortable feeling. Because no one should have to struggle or force a fast. It should feel comfortable and not have to worry about when your next meal is going to be. That shouldn't be on your mind. Um, And this definitely helps with that.
1: I uh, tell us too, it it turns out like most of the carnivores I speak to are looking at about, you know, like one to two, like two pounds of meat a day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I think I, I started off that way. And now just this past week, it's gone down to just one pound for me. And I'm totally okay with it. And I think what, what I was missing was those was the minerals. Uh, and I increased my fat. You know, like I showed you, I sent you that bone marrow picture. Well, I also had fat on the side that I'd fried up. Right. Um, that I You're put eating on top of that extra fat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, giving myself more fat, I think is great. I mean, there's some studies out there, not studies, excuse me, some speculation out there that, you know, you heard this too, in the keto that the more you know meat you have, the more it's going to raise your, you know, blood glucose levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not a big believer in that per se, but I do know that moderation is better And I think, you know, if you are not having enough fat, you should have, I mean, protein, yes, it's a building block. It shouldn't be our energy. Fat should be our energy. And um, so I'm I'm all about adding more fat. If you're still hungry, you should have more fat. And I tend, depending on the person, you know, do kind of like what Mark Sisson says too, you know, 0.8 per pound of lean body mass is where I start. Um, and some t- athletes I go up to one, but um, for, for protein that is. And then I also like for fat, I kind of keep it the same. Um, you know, And and so you're having as much fat as you are protein. And I find that that works for me, but I don't think that works for everybody. So I just want to put that out there too.
1: Yeah. So sure, you um, have to find your own threshold yep. and tolerance and yeah, based on your yep. size and activity level and all that stuff. No, it's very interesting. I mean, I think the hardest part even getting down to the point of experimenting with it is the emotional psychological mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like the concept of it's not actually difficult to understand or even on my psyche it's more of the you're used to eating a variety of just other stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a weird it's such a weird social you know it's a strange Thing to, to jump into, but very interesting. And honestly, lots of incredible success stories. People can go to meetheals.com, mm-hmm. a ton of success stories uh, with people with their autoimmune disorders and lots of other conditions as well. Um, yeah. What I, I are some that. of the, I mean, you've already had some amazing improvements, Yeah. things that have, uh, so that's just incredible. I, I only imagine they're going to get deeper as time goes by. Yes. And
2: I I said I was going to do it for two months and I actually said to my my partner the other day, I was like, I think I want to do this longer because of how good I feel. Um, and I know there was always something a little bit missing for me because I wasn't 100% better. And I do feel that now. And the amazing part about that, not only Was it, you know, like the teeth no longer bleeding? I mean, we know that that is related to, it could be related to heart disease too. Like there's a correlation there. So that makes me happy that I no longer have that. Um, granted, you know, I already the hair falling out. We've got a ton of that, but still it's, it's kind of nerving to see that the bottom of your, your shower every morning and you're, you know, in awe that you still have some on your head. Um, but even the, the performance that I got, uh, the energy levels. When you think, when you go keto, your brain is definitely more clear and more focused. But wow, when I went carnivore, even more so, which was kind of shocking to me. I didn't think I could get that much more clear, um, which is, is great. And then also the mood, right? It helps with those mood swings um
1: so many people have had success with it with anxiety and right like just so yeah. many other issues um yeah. it's just so fascinating and it, it makes sense to me it makes sense to me um i actually know someone who is pretty much allergic reactive to everything except for meat and cheese and like anything like from an animal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she actually is kind of inherently just you know It's just really fascinating. There are just some people who, yep, that's all they can eat without having some type of stuffiness or clearing their throat or itchiness or, you know, just, again, brain fog, so many different things. So it's amazing. It's something to look into if you've tried everything and you've, you know, been on the AIP for years and you're like, ah, there's still something missing. This might be the next level to go to. And then, you know, definitely I would get a coach like Kate or someone who's been through it. Who understands the nuances and can help you on that level? Um, yeah, so it'll funny. be really fascinating. I can't wait to see, you know, and again, you know, there's no rules here. It's like, hey, you'll yeah. see how it goes. But again, really interesting experiment to dive into. Absolutely. And, and I do want to say on that too that um, it, it's interesting
2: to me that even like I was with my daughter a couple of weekends ago and she got some fries and she ate some fries and she felt horrible after because she's just been doing carnivore longer than me. And she was, I can't believe I felt this way 24 seven. And I thought it was okay. You know, and, and so she's not the only one I've heard that from. So yesterday I was doing some, some cooking for some of my clients because I do food prepping on the side and, um, I was making some fat bombs and one of the macadamia nuts fell onto the counter and I haven't been around other food recently, you know, just me when I've been cooking. And without even thinking, I picked it up and I put it in my mouth. I had the worst heartburn instantly wow. and, and a slight headache after. I, had, I mean, it was like instant L. Like the minute it touched my throat, it was starting. I was like, wow, this is interesting. Like I wonder, because I ate nuts and seeds. I just wonder how much of that I was having a reaction to and I had
1: no idea. Well, we see how the body adjusts over time. Yeah. And that also often happens when people go strict paleo and they eliminate grains. And this happened to me when I first like, I've been paleo strict for a while. And then I finally tried like four pieces of sushi with rice. So those four little tiny balls, like not a lot, you know, not a lot. And, uh, oh man, boy, that did not work out for me. It was weird. I was, and I even remember I actually was at like Mark's house the next day and I asked him, I was like, okay. I'm like TMI, but I got bloated, like, you know, yeah. you see some Ethiopian refugee, like, and also just like gas. And I'm like, could really, I go, I didn't have anything out. Like there was nothing else that could have done that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that really possible that like, that would be so strong? He goes, well, now you see how, you know, your body can get used to and kind of compensate and deal with
2: yeah. this threat
1: you keep giving it. And then when you eliminate it, and I did the same thing with eggs have the same result. And the thing is, is that I don't have it on a blood test that would say anything about it. But genetically it's linked to an issue with processing sulfur. Either way, it's all informative. If something doesn't feel right, get rid of it. And then when you reintroduce it a month later, you'll really be able to see how you tolerate it. And I've realized that yolks are better than the whites for me, but also I just, I have it occasionally. It's, It's rare that I do it. And it's like, I love eggs. I'd probably eat a couple a day if I could. I but saying, I yeah. just, I just <laughs> had to give it up and I was an egg eater my whole life and I just had to go, okay. And so now it's a kind of a calculated decision. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's rare now that I super crave them. But when I do, I'm like, all right, you know, but I gauge it too. Like I wouldn't do that. And then, you know, have to be tooting somewhere in public or who knows, right. but it might be worth it. Like I love eggs Benedict. Like I might want that at some point again without the muffin, of course, but just poached right. eggs. Yeah. But again, it's just like, nah, you know, it's really not worth it. It's just got to be so every now and then or never, um, right. And I'm okay with that because it's just interesting though. That's why, I mean, again, not necessarily an elimination diet, but that kind of is, You can't get more elimination than carnivore? No, you can't. You absolutely can't.
2: And I thought I had already eliminated everything because I was even like low oxalate and low lectins, you know, and, but the funny thing is, I think I talked to you offline about this. It was when we were having a discussion about you going all over a hundred percent carnivore. I had a lot of flax when I was doing the no oats meal, I was putting flax meal in there. And what we know now about flax is the same kind of reaction that we get when we have soy. And I was like, well, no wonder why I was feeling the way I was feeling because I had a lot of flax. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of probably exacerbated a lot of the symptoms I was having. You know, so I think you know, th- there are things that are out there that we feel that are healthy um, but are, are not to some people. And, and no blood test is going to tell us that. I, I always say, you can go get that expensive blood test if you want, but your body's going to be the true test, and it's going to tell you exactly you know, what is wrong. And we just need to learn how to listen to that again. We've forgotten how to listen.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, also too, I did uh blood work beforehand, so I can always compare, but at the end of the day, the blood work also, again, would have to be evaluated differently. So for example, mm-hmm. I mean, even in an analogy without getting into the weeds about thyroid, it's kind of like, you can't evaluate labs from the standpoint of a normal person, not on medication, and someone replacing it. You have to evaluate the numbers in a different way because you need to account for the fact that they are exogenous. You know, there's there's like a disruption in the feedback loop that has to be accounted for, and so therefore the same logic doesn't apply to both scenarios. They're not synonymous, right? And Correct. the same kind of goes here when you're looking at lipid panels or other things with someone who's on a carnivore diet. Um, just as if my doctor, who thank God is paleo, <laughs> but it is able to evaluate my lipid panel and not be concerned because again, they're from the new school and also understanding what my consumption is and what I'm doing and they understand how to look at it. So again, you know, yeah. you wouldn't want to go into like a regular old doctor and be doing <laughs> no <laughs> so ask their dream. opinion yeah on that. Um, I would definitely but you know Paul Saladino you mentioned him he's a doctor so is Sean Baker I know yep. Paul Saladino does do consultations I think and, and coach people uh, yes. you could look at him and also Mark Sisson did a great in-depth video and audio interview with him on the Primal Blueprint podcast it's so awesome Paul Saladino yeah. MD yeah it was really good um R- really just well done. So if anyone's curious and you want to hear a doctor's perspective and his r- is really is that, you know, he went paleo who did everything that we're talking about and he still couldn't knock the eczema and, um, it all went away and, uh, you know, he eats like raw liver and he goes yeah, to know. different lengths that, you know, raw hardcore. eggs, raw liver, like he's pretty hardcore varsity level yeah. of uh carnivore. But again, it might be something to try for people. Yeah. Um, who are really suffering and can't figure out what it is. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about these scenarios, especially hidden inflammation and food sensitivities. You can't, I couldn't tell you, I don't feel, I can't say that I feel any differently really, or that I would notice from chocolate, but cocoa is on my like severe intolerance. Um, but I can tell you that I hated it when I was a kid and there's lots of correlations as to like why that makes sense. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's sneaky things that could possibly be causing inflammation that you don't even know. So it's just interesting when you're really eliminating it into one very nutrient dense food group. I mean, I'll tell you what, just taking like one ounce or two two ounces of cooked grass-fed beef lever is like the mo- like, you won't be hungry for like 10 hours. No, you it's won't. unbelievable. The little bit that needs to be nibbled on. And then all of a sudden I, I cause I just randomly was like, you know, I'm going to have a little bit of liver this morning. I'm not even like, wasn't even really that hungry, but I was like, Oh, I'm going to long hike. I'm going to do a workout. I'll just have a little bite, just a little like medicinal, you know, dosing program yeah. kind of thing. And Oh my God, I was like last my That's energy. Awesome. It was unbelievable. I was like, what? The hell, I even was like, am I gonna have to eat liver every morning now? Because this is <laughs> like I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty astounded at like in how high in protein, in low calorie, nutrient dense yes. these these pieces are that really burn the fire all day long. And I think that's great that you say that
2: because there are optimal proteins to have and that's right up there. That's one of the things that I love to educate my clients on too is like, okay, let's, let's stick with the more optimal stuff versus, you know, like the chicken and the pork where, you know, yeah, you're going to have some protein, but there's not a whole lot of good in there versus, you know, like your organ meats and your um, oysters and sardines and the roe and the fatty fish. I mean, those are, more nutrient dense than the other stuff. So I think you know you hit on a good point there is when, when we're doing this there is a right way to do it. I always call it like the clean like there's a clean paleo and a clean keto there's also a clean carnivore and having, you know, the most nutrient dense protein is definitely the optimal protein is the way to go. But also I'm a big proponent on, you know, not going to these fast food restaurants. You see some people out there that are doing keto or carnivore and say, you know, and labeling it keto and carnivore and they're going to in and out Burger and they're going to, you know- Oh yeah. Wendy's it's
1: like a vegetarian and- eating cheese sandwiches all day exactly. too. That's not the proper way to do that either. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. And,
2: and a lot of people say, "Well, it really, doesn't matter if you are eating mm-hmm. grain-fed, grass-fed." And I was like, "Yes, it does." And there's huge studies out there that show. I mean, especially the one that they that just came out that was comparing U.S. meats to um, U.S. meats, the cattle being fed grain to Japanese meats being fed grain, and uh, they found like high amounts of estrogen in the fats of our grain-fed cattle versus next to none in Japanese. And so I say, you know, that's even more reason for us to eat clean meats because we don't want to have a lot of estrogen flowing in there. I mean, yeah, women, we have more than men, but it's not still, it's not good. I mean, all these, I'm seeing it more and more every day in my practice of all these people that are coming in with high estrogen levels. Well, and it's in
1: our environment. It's in products. And if you haven't cleaned all that out already, I mean, so we'll give a shout out. So so there's a lot of companies, you you can go to eatwild.com to find out different companies or farms that you can order from. It's kind of like an index. And yep. then ButcherBox is one I ordered from. U.S. Wellness Meats is another. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's uh, White Oak Pastures, which sells like patties of ground organs that you can kind of sneak into burgers. Because even if you're not <laughs> going to do carnivore, the importance of what we're talking about, especially when we're talking about the liver, is this nutrient-dense other protein option that's amazing. Yes. And also, cheap as F people. <laughs> beef liver, grass fed beef liver is so cheap. You get so yes. much for what you need of it for so little money. I mean, I got, I don't know, over two pounds frozen, chopped up into cubes. You know, I made them like chop it up in the back, awesome. like kind of in these cubes where I could just individually freeze them in bags and like bring them out, you know, and the whole thing costs like $11. Yeah. That's for awesome. tons of servings. I mean, I have a huge bag of like little square liver pieces. That are just in and of itself good enough for straight up meal that will last an entire day. Yeah, just put and some pink so,
2: Himalayan salt on that and eat it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: fried up some bacon fat, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, to, so, it's also very cheap to do it that way. And at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's cheaper. And when you go, you end up eating less crap and food, even if you go to a really clean paleo. But again, you know, you can do paleo. You can do gluten free. Eat gluten free cookies and still have corn starches and corn. You know, yeah we're talking about the cleanest way to do it, the smartest right. way to do it. And if you can stomach it to get some of that into your life, it's just good anyway. Right.
2: Switch it up. Totally yeah. agree. I think that's great. And, and that's one of the tricks I, I see a lot of people doing is cutting it up and putting it in the freezer and eating it that way, like little bite size for the liver. Cause they say, you know, three grams a day is, is good for you. Um, you know, I say eat as much as you can, and as much as you can stomach. Um, so I think that's great. And and to org has that beef patty too, you know, like the, the mm-hmm. organ patties that you can get. Um, so he's got a lot of good stuff there too.
1: I mean, that could be just really great to have a burger with that mixed into it a little bit, you yeah. know, it just kind of hides the taste, but offers also kind of an essence to it. That's good. I mean, I think that I'm a pate person and I love chicken liver, but I really do not like beef liver at all. But I tell you this after kind of, I'll say it forced myself a little bit to just get it. Um, now I kind of, I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm enjoying this. And I think oh, it's because awesome. <laughs> of how it makes me feel. Mm. I think that there's this association there. Cause at first I was like, all right, you know what? It's not horrible, but I'll deal with it because I know it's good for me. And so, you know, for this part of the journey, I'll just kind of like, all right, well, you know, could have done chicken livers, but I know this is so valuable. And yeah. then I think after just knowing how intensely packed and how satiating it is, um, I don't know. I was just like, hmm. How often do you eat
2: organ meats? How long have you, because uh, I know you're you're just starting this too, but I, I how often
1: do you eat them? Well, I've eaten organ meats like for a while. Like I love pate and okay. I love um, marrow bones and things like that. So um, on and off, but I wasn't making a point of it. You know what okay. I mean? It would just be, mm-hmm. and I never would like order liver and onions and stuff like that, but I love chicken liver from like Jewish jellies. And, you know, I, so I've always kind of enjoyed liver. But to actually cook straight up beef liver in a pan, no. Yeah, that I have <laughs> never done until you know a couple of weeks ago when I started to kind of prepare the journey. And I was like, all right, let me just start to add this in, start to cut stuff out. I Again, a slow process. I'd have one day where I didn't have any carbs and the next day where I would eat vegetables and just kind of like, all right, gearing up towards doing it full on. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think most of it was sort of emotional preparation to downslide into it. You know, absolutely,
2: and I think I told you it took me like eight months to do it too. You know, I to really commit to it, and um, yeah, I was and I was wondering, do I do it raw? Because I was always like doing raw vegan stuff for a while. I was hardcore that way, and I was like, I, I just can't bring myself to do it raw yet. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm I'm going to go that far, but I do leave a lot of pink in there, which I never used to. If I ever ate meat, it was like I said, either chicken or eggs, or I would have hamburger, but it would have to be cooked all the way through no pink whatsoever. Uh, and now it's it's pretty bloody what, what I'm eating. And so that's kind of a huge shift for me. Um, but again, yeah, mean, I think
1: that might be like, again, like wetting the appetite of the primal DNA that then yeah. sort of gets comfortable and then draws you towards a uh, lesser cooked meat or draws you in the direction of maybe eating certain things raw and I can, I can see that happening.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah so we could probably talk about this all day, but it will be, it's really interesting and I'd love <laughs> you to come back on at some point and um, follow up with, you know, the, your clients and your experience with it. Um, so tell us, how do you, first of all, you're active on social media. Give mm-hmm. us, how can we get in touch with you and benefit from coaching with you?
2: Yeah. So um, you can reach out to me on all social media platforms. I'm pretty active in all of them, like you said. Um, so Instagram and Facebook they're both k8 and that's the number 8 so the letter k the number 8 the number 4 wellness and my website's the same thing k8forwellness.com um and they can just reach out to me in all aspects of those and I'm I'm always on there so I can definitely uh, respond to them however they they choose whatever's easier for them these days to reach out so I would love to be able to help people if that's what they want to do
1: great well we will put all the ways to connect with you in our show notes and is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with today Oh, just, I think, you know,
2: do you and uh, not what everybody else is doing. And if this is some the missing link, then find someone to help you do it. Because I think there is definitely um, some preparation that you have to do to get there and not just jump in full force. So awesome.
1: Thank Thank you you so much, Kate. I will talk to everyone next week.
0: Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. used to be called Primal Calm. And the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life, in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that over-training, over-stress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right. Phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.